Support for LAist comes from FX, presenting What We Do in the Shadows. This comedy series follows the nightly exploits of vampire roommates as they navigate the modern world of Staten Island with their human familiar. Emmy eligible in all comedy categories. Support comes from Rancho La Puerta, a health resort 45 minutes from San Diego. Summer retreat packages of three, four, or seven nights include hiking, water classes, mindfulness, and farm-to-table dining. RancholaPuerta.com. LAS Studios. So, why are we under a freeway, Gob? Correction, we're under a freeway in a Sizzler parking lot, Brian. That's a bit more descriptive, yes. Well, we're not here to try the salad bar at Sizzler, okay? In the little alley next door is a ghost kitchen. That's where we're headed. We may have to jump a fence, okay? You want to show a little bit the noodle, white noodle? Mmm. Oh my god. This right here is soup hall of fame status. I didn't bring a sweater now. I feel better now just with a yeah. soup. This is so good. So are you talking already? Music or talking about the coach in LA? No music, just no talking. Music, just talking. Okay. Yeah. Did somebody listen to them? This is Cheap Fast Eats with our food editor, Gob Chabron, and I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. The movable feast that is Cheap Fast Eats. You need more plate, couple of plates? Let's get a couple more, yeah. So we're in Culver City. What's the deal with this area? It's not just a neighborhood. It's a pretty big city in L.A. County. Yeah, technically a little south of West Los Angeles, per se. Normally we mix everything on the plate, and we just mix everything we eat. The rub on it? I'm sucking my fingers because it's juicy as F. In my mind, I always kind of associate it with entertainment and tech and all of those things. And while there is a lot of that there, there is a cute little neighborhood to explore too. This is Culver City still? Yeah, Culver City bus right there, okay. It was an area that I didn't really know too much about prior to the segment. I wanted to use this opportunity to kind of explore a little bit more and really get to know the neighborhood as best I could. Culver itself is divided up in sort of east and west neighborhoods, but it's not just the downtown core, the arts district. There are little sort of micro neighborhoods that run through it as well. Del Rey, Mar Vista, Palms. We're kicking things off with some empanadas, and I'm stoked about it. I'm so excited for these because I haven't had good ones like since I lived in D.C. a while back, so... Let's see what you got in store for us. We are here at Empanada's Place today, right off Sautel, sort of butting up right against the Palms neighborhood. Let's order. Let's order. Okay. This is a cash-only establishment, folks, so make sure you stop by the ATM beforehand. (laughs) This space feels like someone's living room with the manteles or the tablecloths are kind of like antique-looking pictures on the walls of people, the FIFA World Cup jerseys. So it seems like whoever owns this place is very proud of Argentina. Yeah, it's very homey, very comfortable. Are we ordering? I already ordered. I hope that's okay. Yeah, you were sneaky with it, Gob. One thing that I like about this menu, the fact that it's like hand drawings, that's not from a computer. Each empanada is formed in its own unique way. I ordered one of the Arabias, and you're going to see it's going to come out as a triangle. Picante criolla en árabe. ¿Y la salsa que trae el muchacho allá? Sí, spicy sauce. Okay, me la, me la trae, por favor. Dice chimichurri en spicy sauce, okay? Thank you. So I'm a sweets and bread and tortilla guy. Like, I love all that. It has to be soft, but also hard to hold the substance. 
I think this is good. It's soft but hard. Just this sound right here that I'm running the knife against. Some little food at ASMR for the folks. You have this beautiful, flaky, crunchy, soft crust all together. I just, I can't get enough of it. This also has raisins in it. It's a little sweet, but it's not too sweet. It's not overpowering by any standards. I am an ardent stand for raisins. I think we as a culture need to celebrate them more, you know? If I'm ever at a Winchell's, I'll go for a raisin roll, like nobody's business. <laughs> Brian's very disappointed by that remark. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, Gob, so where are we going to next? We're going to go ahead and try some uh, Burmese cuisine next. What's Burmese cuisine? It's a region of Southeast Asia, now known as Myanmar. Okay, yeah, And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a really great combination of Asian, Indian, and Middle Eastern foods that all kind of come together. And I promise you've never had anything like it. Yes. Is this Culver City still? Yeah, Culver City bus right there. We are headed on Sepulveda Boulevard right here. I'd say it's a little bit of an older section. 1980s style condos, small businesses, strip malls. And smack dab in the middle of all that, is Jasmine Market in Delhi. It's Jasmine Market in Delhi, Burmese cafe slash grocery store. The original owner sold the business to his niece, I think about seven or eight years ago. Her and her husband have taken it over and they haven't changed a thing. It's exactly the same. Here at Cheap Fast Seats, if you remember back to like Roma Market and what have you, we love a good combination cafe slash grocery store. You can get pretty much anything you need and you can also grab lunch. Yeah, here we have candies, things that seem to be like seasoning, a lot of like ingredients like in cans and in bottles, teas, a lot of South Asian things. There's salted mangoes, chili powder. When I was speaking to one of the owners a couple of weeks ago, he was saying there's a big mosque here in Culver City. And so a large portion of Islamic Burmese folks come to this area for that reason. You know, in Los Angeles, we talk about diversity within black and brown cultures because that's sort of the dominant cultures. But if we scratch the surface a little bit more, you start to see, no, 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 there's all these different waves of diversity that are happening, not just here in Los Angeles, but kind of throughout the world. And, you know, they take on different forms and shapes and build communities in places like Culver City, which I think is super cool. Being from here, I've lived in different spots and they've been either Asian-dominant um, neighborhoods or Black neighborhoods or Latino neighborhoods, but that intersection of faith and a region hasn't really been in my radar in that way. So I think this speaks to why people move here, right? I think it's like, we just were at a Latin American place, we're at an, a Southeast Asian place. Next, we're going to be hitting a Brazilian-inspired cuisine. So it's like, there's a little bit of everything here. Fish soup, Mohinga. So this is Mohinga, the national dish of Myanmar, developed from a fish stock. They add different curries and all different kinds of spices. And then you have this really great rice cracker made with yellow lentil as kind of your crispy, crunchy element to it. And all for $10. But the richness of the broth, the creaminess it's, it's, too. It's big. On a, on a cool, it's on not a cold too big. day today, you know? Oh yeah, this I, I didn't bring a sweater and I'm like, I feel better now just with the yeah. soup. It's so good. Calientito. So this is the coconut chicken noodle soup made with the coconut and the wheat noodle. 
Uh, so they found out we were here, and they were generous enough to send out a, a few more plates. Onion, cilantro, and the egg. This is a tea leaf salad. Tea leaf? Tea leaf. The crunchy beans and the dry shrimp on Yo, this is so peeled. much food. I feel like I'm the Beyonce of L.A. right now, getting all this food <laughs> coming out. Plate after plate. Miss noodle salad, the one that rice noodle, wheat noodle, the glass noodle, and mm. the tofu, cilantro, the house made the tamarind sauce. Ooh, so good. I don't know if we're going to be able to finish all of this, Gob. I don't know if you know this, Brian, but my refrigerator's full of leftovers from all my travels. So oh my goodness. It's kind of a, you know, a thing. Leftovers are the way to go. Mmm. Oh my God. I'm coming back here. Oh my God. Probably my most favorite spot you've ever taken me to, Gob. What's really cool and cute about this spot is that people are so excited to share their food. Like, there's this woman who just came up to us and started talking to us about how we should try this and that and what she recommends. This one, the traditional food. Yeah. Make the gravy. Yeah. She was telling us what we could buy so we could create this food. I remember the, the seeds and such. She's like, oh, this is this is the crunchy part. This one make it. This one basin. Basin powder. That's oh, rice powder. Beautiful. Thank you. It was just so exciting to see someone so loving of their culture and their food and seeing us try it, right? I think that was a moment for me, like just feeling warm and fuzzy from the soup, but also warm and fuzzy from this woman just sharing her details. I mean, anytime that somebody comes up and, and shares a personal anecdote about their culture, I consider it a win. It means that they love being there and they love us being there and it just makes the experience all that more special. Okay, Brian, the last place we're gonna go to is a first for cheap fast eats. We're gonna be visiting a ghost kitchen. Okay, we're here. Uh, what? Why are we under a freeway, Gob? Correction, we're under a freeway in a Sizzler parking lot, Brian. We're actually here to visit Chef Simone of Sexy Beans. We may have to jump a fence, okay? Wait, what? In this age of Postmates and DoorDash and what have you, a lot of the food prepared comes from ghost kitchens. They're usually in an industrial part of town. They aren't restaurants per se. You're either ordering from an app or you can pick them up to go. You're taking me to get some sexy beans. They better be sexy. Only sexy from here on out, Brian. That's what's up. We're actually going to get a little behind the scenes. So if you come around the corner right here. Come on here. Don't be shy. <laughs> so it wasn't really clear exactly how many ghost kitchens were in this particular area. Probably somewhere in between 10 to 15. It was very labyrinth-like, though, once we got inside. So luckily, we had Chef Simone guide us to her beautiful kitchen space. My name is Simone. This is my kitchen. It's a small space, but there's a lot of love here. This is my staff, Rayani. This is Sexy Beans. Brazilian food, mostly. A lot of people are very acquainted, especially after the uh, COVID, with the ghost kitchen type of service. We provide delivery and pickup. I decided to do it because I was a little bit concerned about the business. I decided to do this first to see how it goes. Have you always been into cooking or does this project began during the pandemic? How did Sexy Beans start? What? I was always about food. I used to throw parties at my house all the time just because I wanted to cook. To me, it's basically a daily thing. I even cook at home. I'm dying to open a physical location. 
because I am a people person. I like people so much. I mean, Brazilians are very friendly. I think I'm a little over the top because I'm Gemini. Hey. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying at least by September. Hopefully, if things goes the way I want. And you guys have to be there for my inauguration day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should start with the different kinds of beans. Maybe you can Absolutely. walk us through. Okay. Yeah, so Brazilian people, we have zillions of ways of making beans. What I bring here to Sexy Beans is basically what I grew up with. I grew up very poor. The vegan beans was the very first version of the beans that I learned how to make because we didn't have the money to buy the meat. My parents came up with the idea of adding vegetables just to give like a little flavor. Thank God I grew up this way because now I can make these amazing vegan beans otherwise I would not know how to do this. This version with the meat we call feijoada. There's tons of ways of eating it. You can even eat on its own. You guys want to try the vegan first and then the... Uh... Sure. Mmm. This is my go-to like saying when I like a food that I taste is it reminds me of home. It tastes like someone in the kitchen made it with love. It's light and doesn't feel like I'm eating a whole bunch of stuff. It's like a light meal before the gym or before a huge test. That'll hit the spot. Definitely. This is the meat version right here. Okay. Oh man. Wow. It's this meat. Yes. It's yeah. like barbecue-ish. And when I put my fork in there, it just like slid off. And that was like perfect feeling. You can get a rotisserie chicken with the rice and beans and all of the fixins right here for around $10. Wow. A chef like Simone is kind of like this American dream, right? She actually started in her own kitchen, she tells us, trying to cater to her friends, making more food than she could serve. It's better to like, have some leftovers and not enough. I am like so full. I'm just going to try the, the smallest slice of yeah. yours. Yeah. And then she launched this ghost kitchen, and now she's dreaming of her own brick and mortar store. I'm sucking my fingers because I think you're looking good. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is what a lot of people that come to LA do, right? They wanna amplify their dreams, they wanna get to know their communities, they wanna be part of a community. And I also see that story in a lot of my friends and a lot of my family of their like hey, I have this niche thing or I have this special thing to offer to other people and I want to expand it here in LA. This is a first for us. Yes, it is. Really? Yes. The champagne toast. The champagne toast. Yeah. And a ghost kitchen. And a ghost kitchen. In Culver City. I thought I'd get used to it with me because that's exactly what I do at the time. The sexy beans. The sexy, sexy beans. beans and big things in 2023. Yes. Thank you guys. I'm main to eat. I'm main to eat. Cheap baby. Cheap passies. Alrighty, y'all, that is all the time we've got for you today. We've got so many leftovers to chow down, and so it's time for us to go the hell home. Thanks so much to Empanadas Place, Jasmine Market in Delhi, and Sexy Beans. As always, if you want to read my full list of cheap fast eats in Culver City, head over to las.com slash food. We're going to put a link to that article in our show notes, too. Do we want to tease the next one? Wait, you always are so secretive with these things, dude. Well, I, you know, I can't give all the secrets to the sauce away. Uh, okay, my bad. But I, I can tell you where we're going next. Where are we going? Koreatown after dark. Oh my God, no way. We're doing it. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm hungry now. It's going down, guys. Mark your calendars. How to LA is produced by Evan Jacoby, Megan Botel, and Victoria Alejandro. Hasmik Pagosian is our engineer. Chris Farias is our social media producer. Erica Washington writes our newsletter. 
Music this week provided by Dexter Thomas, Austin Cross, and Eero3. Our executive producer is Megan Larson, and I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. Production support this week came from Marina Peña, Josie Wong, Gab Chabron, Jackie Orchard, and Phoenix So. Thanks, y'all. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. On inheriting. To Tuan Trong, his home country is a lost country. What's keeping you from going back to Vietnam? The communists. Uh, I, 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 can't, I can't stand to see them. But his son Bao longs to live there, the very country Tuan fled. Being homesick for a, a place that's never been home. Listen to Inheriting from LAS Studios and the NPR Network, wherever you get your podcasts.